Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. The divine nature wounds and perhaps destroys us merely by being what it is. Welcome to Hostile Gods, the 248th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of C.S. Lewis. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwaltz Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And you know, when you do that that whole little spiel really, really fast, uh-huh. it reminds me of those commercials where they're running through all oh, of all the, the side effects. <laughs> <laughs> the side effects or the terms. Uh-huh, or the terms and conditions. And terms and conditions. And they go, uh-huh, yeah. That's what I feel like you do. <laughs> it's not on purpose. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It's just funny. Yep. It, it's always brought that to my mind every time you do it. Let's begin with housekeeping. It is Indigenous Peoples Day. It's Indigenous Peoples Day on the day we're recording. It'll be after that on the day it comes out. But my suggestion is to go to action.lakotalaw.org. That's L-A-K-O-T-A, Lakota Law.org. And they have a whole bunch of things you can do to help out the tribal nations. Mm -hmm. And in particular, currently, they're on a push to try to get... Uh, Indigenous Peoples Day, not just recognized, but to replace Columbus Day as a federal holiday. Yes. So I support this. Yeah. So there are uh, petitions you can sign Mm -hmm. and little scripts you can you can get from there to call your your local representatives Mm -hmm. and tell them to push that. Yeah. um, To the to a federal holiday. It's way past time. Mm -hmm. Way past time to make that a a reality. reality. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. right now it's only in a couple of like states and cities that officially recognize Indigenous Peoples Day instead of Columbus Day. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get that federally approved. That's right. So like I said, action.lakotalaw.org is where you can find a lot of materials about that and other projects. That's right. Anything for housekeeping, Gwen? No. Okay. Then we are housekept and... House swept. Very good. <laughs> so yeah, this uh, topic is one of the ones that, that I sort of spun up because I feel like it's not talked about often enough in Mm -hmm. pagan spheres. There's a tendency, especially in sort of the love and light community, but uh, in other, especially theistic communities Mm -hmm. as well, to focus so much on like having positive relationships with the gods and Mm -hmm. building building sort of a divine community that you interact with Mm -hmm. and getting help from the gods and, you know, that kind of very positive and uplifting relationships mm-hmm. with our deities and our helping spirits that we we actually sort of, we defang them. Yes. I think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And just like, we talk a lot about how our gods are individuals with like full identities and beings mm-hmm. and personalities mm-hmm. and agendas. Mm-hmm. And then we act as if those personalities and agendas can never be counter to our greatest good, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. Nope. Sometimes what a god wants and what you want just are not going to align. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily anyone's fault, but it's going to happen and you should be prepared for when it does. Mm -hmm. Because unlike sort of modern Christian theology, most theistic pagans don't believe in all good, all forgiving deities. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and even in the, I think the Christian uh, community really has to stretch mm-hmm. their understanding because, mm-hmm. you know, if you read the book, 
Right. There's a lot of... There's a lot of hostile action going on Yes, a lot of hostility, a lot of vengefulness. A lot of vengefulness. But yet, there's this need to believe that it's Mm -hmm. only for your good. It's only love. It's only... Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And that's not represented in that material, just as it's not represented in the material... For the pagan deities. Exactly. And I think in some cases, it's both a reflection of and a reaction to uh, Christianity, especially for Mm -hmm. for theistic pagans who come out of Christianity, who Mm -hmm. had prior relationships with Christian God or with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think the reflection is sort of reflecting that modern sense of an all-forgiving, all-loving God and trying to sort of translate that to a pagan deity. Exactly. And I think the reaction to is the understanding that a lot of ex-Christians have that that God is not actually all loving and forgiving. And Mm -hmm. so they're looking for something all loving and forgiving in a pagan deity. But that's not, but it's not there either. Yeah. You, you really have to basically shoehorn Mm -hmm. into this concept. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's really forced. It's forced just like, and we can say the same thing with the good neighbors, with the fake. You've got people who believe quite honestly in, in sort of a twee version, you know, of the fae where or just a very sort of universally sort positive of universally and uplifting positive and kind of thing. Whereas if you read the stories mm-hmm. of the good neighbors, what is, you know, you're, you're constantly hearing about warnings and how yep. you need to be careful, how you interact. Rules of conduct. Rules and... of conduct and all of these things that uh, sometimes either get ignored or just are not allowed into the understanding they're they're reframed folk yeah they'll they'll be reframed as like oh this was just the christians demonizing them right rather than being like a legitimate part of the lore yeah exactly and and it's i i get it it's uncomfortable when you have a deity that you feel connected to Mm -hmm. but they have problematic material in their mythology yes can i say hera oh my god yes you work closely with hera i work with hera and, you know, I, I honor her, but yes, her mythology is very problematic. It's, it's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. Some of the shit she does is cruel. It's cruel and brutal. And you have to understand that, yes, she was revered mm-hmm. and loved by the Greeks. And um, she was also feared. And she was feared by them because, again, her she was known for her vengeful mm-hmm. actions mm-hmm. and her retribution and her punishments, yep. you know, as all the gods were, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, so as someone who works with Hera, I have to understand and I do understand that while, yes, she has a, a part of her that is uh, benevolent mm-hmm. and cares and uh, watches out for you. That's how uh, she came to work with me in the first mm-hmm. place. I had no interest no. in working with Hera because of the problematic mm-hmm. nature of her mythology. And when Hera first reached out to Gwen, it took like six months for you to, to bite it the did. bullet. It did. It, it did. It was, I've probably told this story before, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I saw this little statue and I felt drawn to, to purchase it and add her to my uh, routine mm-hmm. of hailing and saying hello to the various deities that I have in the house. And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't want to be involved I, with Hera. I don't want she's to scary. Be. She's scary. Yes. <laughs> exactly. She's kind of hostile. Uh-huh. She's kind of scary. I don't want to work with her. But yet I was drawn to her mm-hmm. again. So I said, okay, fine. 
I, I will, but there was a purpose to it. Mm-hmm. And when I discovered that purpose, it made so much sense. Yeah. And she was there for me in a time that I needed her. Mm-hmm. I needed that you her, needed Hera specifically. I needed Hera specifically. I needed her strength yeah. and her guidance and her wisdom and her anger. Yep. Yeah, you needed that opportunity to be yes, angry. I needed that opportunity. And so I was, I've been able to work through so much because mm-hmm. I did open myself up to working with Hera. Mm-hmm. And now I've, I've got a, a whole little altar dedicated to her, uh-huh. you know, and I honor her. But that doesn't mean her problematic mythology goes right. away. It's still there. Or, <laughs> or even just like you needed that anger in that yes. moment. But that anger is an inextricable part of Hera. Yes. Like... And we've talked before about, like, you you often get different faces of a deity, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. or different facets yeah. of a deity. Gwyn and I interact with very different Frigga's. Mm-hmm. But, like, even in that, Gwyn tends to get either the mother or the seer yeah. with Frigga. Mm-hmm. I get the queen Frigga, but the particular kind of queen I get from Frigga is a very austere mm-hmm. sort of commanding figure. She's honestly kind of scary. Mm -hmm. I don't interact with Frigga that much because that's the Frigga I tend to get is this very commanding, authoritative figure Mm -hmm. who I don't have a lot of, like I I have a a great deal of respect for Frigga, Mm -hmm. but I don't need her presence in my life on a regular basis. I don't need that particular vibe. And that's honestly the way it is with Hera. I I honor her, Mm -hmm. but I don't work with her all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, she came into my life for a very specific time, for a very specific reason. And every now and then she's like, hey, mm-hmm. this would work. We would do well with this one together. Yep. yep. We're still you working know, on We're this. still working on different, you know, aspects of things. It's an interesting relationship. Mm-hmm. But it's not this idea of a personal relationship with a, a deity that you right. get in other religions. Right. You know. I'm, or even with other deities. Or even with other deities. I'm not as close to Hera as I am, say, to Hakati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got like a sort of an interesting relationship with Fenris Ulfer because I've reached out to all of Loki's children mm-hmm. because I work closely with Loki. Part of my work with Loki is being aware of and working with his family, not just his children, but also his wife and with Angraboda and uh, his parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's got a quite an extensive family tree. But like Fenris Ulfer is angry. Mm-hmm. Fenris Ulfer is just untempered, restrained rage. Mm-hmm. That's all I've ever gotten from Fenris Ulfer. I've reached out to him a couple of times. He doesn't, he's not really interested in being reached out to, at least by me. The, the best I've ever gotten from Fenris Ulfer is kind of the, it's the way I imagine the best interaction you could have with a wild wolf would be, mm-hmm. where he is willing to be in the same space with me without mauling me, but that is as close as we're gonna get, mm-hmm. and I, and I should not I should not push or test my boundaries. Yeah, yeah, right. And some gods are just like that. Yeah, like there's just that that is Fenris Ulfur's nature mm-hmm. under the conditions in which I find him, that he is just rage, mm-hmm. just pure undiluted. That's all. That's what he's got. Mm-hmm. That's what he has to offer. And someday that may be useful to me. And it is it is valuable to me, and Loki finds it valuable for me to reach out to Fenris Ulfur mm-hmm. and to offer him recognition. This feels weird to say, but to just be calm in his presence. Yeah. Because even though it's not necessarily a thing he wants, it's a thing Loki wants for him. Mm-hmm. But that's the only interaction I'm even capable of having with Fenris Ulfur. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are capable of having more complex re- interactions with Fenris Ulfur, 
but I am not one of them. And that's just because he is a, he is hostile. His, his nature is hostile. Mm-hmm. And you have to be a particular person to interact with him in a, in a deeper context, I think. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I, I think it's interesting that I, I think people are afraid often mm-hmm. to to engage with the darker aspects of deities that they know or even acknowledge that they have darker mm-hmm. aspects or angry reactions to yeah. things, you know, which, like I said, check the mythology, they do. Right. And, and we can, if we consider our deities to be people, right, effectively, mm-hmm. to have personalities and agendas and whole beings, Mm -hmm. then we have to accept that they will have emotional reactions to things that we don't necessarily appreciate. Mm -hmm. Like one of my very first interactions with Loki, who I now have a very close and supportive uh, relationship with, one of my very first interactions with him was basically a test where he showed me his angriest, most hostile side first to see if I would flinch. Mm -hmm. Did some meditation and... The very first interaction I ever had with him was as scary as he could make it mm-hmm. to see how I would respond to it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do that with everyone, but he did that with me yeah. as a test to see how much I could put up with. And I think in part because he wanted to prepare me for things like, hey, I want you to reach out to Fenrisulfur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of it. Yeah, definitely. But if I had been unable to accept that face of Loki, that bound god Loki... I don't think my relationship with Loki would be as deep as it is now. Mm-hmm. That's true. And that's not to say that if you don't ever interact with or experience that part of Loki, you don't have like a true or authentic relationship mm-hmm. with Loki. You do, but your relationship with Loki doesn't encompass the full sort of depth of Loki, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's always going to be part of the character of the god. And I, I guess I, I want to say I don't want to be dismissive of people who are only interested in the love and light or the just see the the more positive aspects of deities and that's the only way they interact with them but i also feel like at least for me especially because of my christian past Mm -hmm. it is a is narrow yeah you know it's a narrow understanding and that can come with disappointment sometimes when that when you see another when you see another facet yeah yeah or when you just can't explain away yeah. a reaction or an understanding or an experience because it doesn't mesh with your particular view yeah. and experience to that point because you're not willing to go there. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, some, think, you know, I think there's I a... Know. No, I, I agree with you. I think there's a degree to which you have to think of it the same way you think of a relationship with, with a human, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, if you're... I mean, let's go with with dating, right? Because that's a a relationship that has a lot of high emotions attached Mm -hmm. to it, which a relationship with a deity often will. Mm -hmm. When you start dating someone, you usually see just their best side, right? Mm -hmm. You see all the positives about them. You're in the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. But that relationship is shallow because you haven't seen that person's worst qualities yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You haven't seen them be angry You haven't seen what their fear looks like. You haven't gotten into an argument with them, like a real argument that Mm -hmm. matters. Mm -hmm. Diametrically opposed positions. Yep. Positions neither of you are willing to budge on, right? right? You haven't figured out how you're going to live with this person past the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. And the honeymoon phase is not going to last forever. 
Mm-hmm. Eventually, you will encounter this person's negative qualities. Mm-hmm. And if you can't live with that, that's when you break up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the shallowness, I think, with that honeymoon phase mentality is sometimes carried through to relationships with deities where you're only willing to engage with them on fun things mm-hmm. or on positive things, only willing to see the upsides. Mm-hmm. And the first time you get a negative reaction, which is inevitable because they're whole personalities with yep. whole opinions. Mm-hmm. The first time you get a negative reaction, you're going to br- you're going to want to break up with that god because you've only had like what what felt to you like mm-hmm. a deep connection mm-hmm. was really just that shallow honeymoon period. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't as deep as you thought it was because you hadn't looked beneath the surface yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be true of not just deities, but any kind of spirit ally, any uh, mm-hmm. spirit being that you work with, whether it's a plant spirit, an animal spirit, any a good kind, neighbor, a good neighbor, any other kind, any kind and of just deity, an, just an astral spirit, an astral spirit, absolutely, any kind of of spirit being mm-hmm. who you might be in partnership with. Hell, even the elements, the spirits of the elements. You know, I like to say nature has teeth. Yeah, it's not all poppies and and roses and lavender you know it's not always a gentle rain it's not always a gentle rain sometimes it is a tsunami Mm -hmm. it is not always a healing sometimes it's a poison one flower can provide both Mm -hmm. one plant can provide both healing and poison but you have to know how to work with that plant Mm -hmm. both the spirit and the and the physical form aspects of it to have a whole relationship. Yeah, and you have to you, you have to acknowledge its dangers or yes. you risk running into them. Like exactly. Foxglove. Yes. Beautiful plant. Gorgeous. Don't put it in your garden unless you know what you're doing mm-hmm. because it will poison any local animals and small children in your area and could poison you if you're not careful enough. Same thing with belladonna. Uh-huh. Even elderberry. There there are aspects of elderberry yeah. that you have to be careful of. It has to be prepared in a certain way mm-hmm. for it to be healthful and not harmful. Yeah. And if you are only willing to see the surface level beauty of it mm-hmm. and you just reject the poison out of hand... Mm-hmm you're going to run into trouble. Exactly. And And it's it's the the same same with spirits and gods. Exactly. It's the same concept. You have to understand multiple facets, Mm -hmm. not just one, Yeah. but the multiple facets of the beings who you are partnering with. You have to accept the whole. Yes. And not just the part. Mm -hmm. And it can be scary. Oh, absolutely. It will be. Absolutely. Anytime you open yourself up to a a meaningful relationship with Mm -hmm. another whole being, it will be scary. Exactly. We most, and and to bring it back again to sort of that romantic comparison, Mm -hmm. we mostly do that with romantic partners. Mm -hmm. And that I think is part of the reason that doing it with our gods can feel so uh, emotionally intense Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we just don't do that, that kind of deep connective work Mm -hmm. with other humans very often. Mm -hmm. But anytime you're going to do it, whether it's with a human or a, or a deity, you have to accept the whole. Because if you only accept the part, it's simply not going to last. What is the name of this uh, of this episode? Hostile, Hostile gods. Hostile gods, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think many would see 
different deities, including Hakati, as mm-hmm. hostile. Yeah, Dwyer says, I worked with Minerva while finishing my master's. Now I tend towards Hakati, but she scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very common reaction to Hakati. Yeah, yeah, actually it, it is, which is surprising to me uh-huh. because I've never had that reaction or understanding of Hakati as a frightening, scary mm-hmm. deity. Yes, she is uh, an underworld deity. Chthonic. Chthonic deity. Uh, she's a goddess of witchcraft. She is a, a you know, she has a spiritual horde right. <laughs> that she leads once a month, you know, yeah. and you got to offer food to mm-hmm. appease the horde. Yeah. You know, lost souls, as it were. But yet, I, I don't know. They, Your I, personal experience with her. My personal experience with her has not been one of fear. Mm-hmm. Even though I understand and accept her darker aspects. Right. I will say, like, I often encounter people who are afraid to work with Loki because they think he's just going to bring sort of mindless chaos Mm -hmm. into their lives. I will say, having worked closely with Loki and, like I said, having been my my very first interaction with him was trying to scare me off. Mm -hmm. Um, In my experience, Loki's chaos is purposeful. It's not just chaos for the sake of chaos. He's usually trying to accomplish something. The only thing is that it might not be something you want to happen. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the God's agendas and our agendas do not, do not align. Do not align. That's something else that I see sort of bandied around in pagan spaces a lot is this idea that like the gods will always want what's best for you. Mm-mm. And that is not, I don't mm-hmm. think that's always the case. No. They have specific things they want to accomplish. Sometimes those things will be good for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can specifically engage them to to help you figure out what's best for you or to accomplish something that you want to accomplish. But their overarching goals as deities are just not always going to be what's best for you. And I think that concept of, you know, a deity is always going to have your best intentions in mind mm-hmm. comes from the Christian religion. Yeah. Because it that is a... a the God a, has a plan the for God you. God has a plan for you. It's always, no matter how difficult it is, ultimately it is for your good. Mm-hmm. And I so I think that is a Christian concept that has been grafted onto yeah. relationships with pagan deities. Yeah, I agree. And I, like, I, I understand 100% where that comes from. It comes from this desire to have someone looking out for you, to have someone with a, yeah. a position of spiritual authority sort mm-hmm. of looking out watching guiding yeah um who who has made your improvement mm-hmm. one of their goals um and and sometimes that is the case yeah certainly sometimes gods especially gods you have close relationships with will work on your behalf mm-hmm. to accomplish something or to better your life but sometimes they also have larger overarching goals that mm-hmm. just are not about you mm-hmm. you are just a tool in them mm-hmm. now you always have the the option to say no Right, yeah. You know, if, if you don't want to work on something with that deity, but understand that, you that, know. Right, that means you're not working with your God. Yeah, exactly. You can put up that boundary. And they might get annoyed. Exactly. It, this is a thing I, I see a lot. I want to emphasize you always can close those doors and put up those boundaries and say, like, this is what I am willing and not willing to do with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. But a God is not necessarily going to, to be happy about that, right? Mm-hmm. If I told Loki... No, I will not do X project you have assigned me. I'm within my rights to say that. Mm -hmm. And Loki is within his rights to be frustrated about it, Mm -hmm. right? He can't force me to do it. 
but he can certainly be angry about it. Mm-hmm. Right? And let you know. And let me know that he's angry about it in, mm-hmm. in, in any number of ways. That's just part of being in a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. Elle says, important aside, it's important to recognize when a relationship with a god or otherwise is straight up unhealthy for you. They can be with, well within their rights to be a whole person, thorns and all, but if the relationship is destructive, it's okay to go your own separate ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. You can not just put up boundaries about specific tasks or objectives. You can say, like, hey, we're done. You. <laughs> we, we are done now. Yeah. yeah. We have no, no more devotee god relationship. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can do that. Elle says, regarding Loki, I'm not afraid of mindless chaos. I'm afraid of the very pointed, purposeful chaos that's going to make me grow. And I know that's the point. Agreed by Githa and Dwyer. Yeah, Loki is very much going to push you. (laughs) I also like what Rhiannon says about Pazuzu, who gets a bad rap because of the Exorcist movie. Pazuzu's been in a couple of movies. Yeah. Yeah, so Rhiannon says, ah, damn, now I have to see if I can find this other goddess a different podcast I listen to talks about. It was one of the ancient ones that's basically just called a demon now, her versus a male god, and she just absolutely wanted humans dead and is definitely the definition of an antagonistic god. Uh, it was Pazuzu and Lamashtu that they were thinking of. Pazuzu, despite being a fairly malevolent god on his own, was often called upon during childbirth to fight off Lamashtu because they hated each other and she loved eating babies. There you go. Yeah. So sometimes even a, a hostile god, a god mm-hmm. with a very specifically malevolent or malicious character mm-hmm. can still be useful and called upon um, for called help. upon for for assistance in specific circumstances mm-hmm. right but it has to be specific circumstances right and you have to usually pay them appropriately for their services yes finn says working with hern has been a joy and at times has terrified me part of his mythology is the leader of a wild hunt and it seems that when i have to deal with some shit i'm putting off i get sucked into his hunt and i have to deal with the shit mm-hmm. yeah a lot of dealing with a god who is specifically malevolent because there are and i think yeah. this is something that also gets overlooked there are gods who are specifically malevolent or who are specifically antagonistic to humans mm-hmm. or to order mm-hmm. like the the Jotunar uh, in Norse mythology are forces of nature who are opposed to humans and human civilization and that's why Thor is the defender of humanity right is because he's constantly fighting off the Jotunar exactly. now this doesn't make the Jotunar evil Mm-mm. and it's certainly possible to have a relationship with the Jotunar but they are naturally dangerous and destructive to human mm-hmm. forces. Mm-hmm. That is their cosmological role, is to be wild, natural forces who are dangerous to human beings. Mm-hmm. So any relationship you have with the Jotnar, and for the record, Loki is a Jotnar. He's adopted into the Aesir through his blood bond with Odin, but he is a Jotnar himself. Any relationship with them entails dealing with dangerous potentially hostile forces just by default. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not mad at you, specifically, just their existence is antithetical to human civilization. Yep. That's just part of it. And it's just something you have to, you have to know going into that relationship, Mm -hmm. sort of what the role of that being is in its own cosmology and in the space in which you're going to work with them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think we have a tendency to Disneyfy and Marvelize yes. <laughs> some of these deities. To soften. To soften them. And uh, honestly, I, I think it, it takes away mm-hmm. from who they truly are. Yeah, it limits them. It limits them. and it limits Or it limits our perception our, of them. It limits our perception of them. It limits our opportunities. Yeah, to, to engage with to them. To engage with them and to partner or work with them, you yeah. know, or 
get to know them in any capacity. I think uh, a hostile or a malevolent god is challenging. Yes. In a way that a a more benevolent god may not be. Now mm-hmm. you can be challenged by a benevolent god, like mm-hmm. Freyr and Freya are both fairly benevolent deities, mm-hmm. and they, I mostly deal with them in very benevolent contexts. But they definitely push me. In fact, Freya pushed me a lot mm-hmm. um, about my understandings of beauty and self care and the body. Mm-hmm. She challenged me a lot on those subjects, and she really pushed me to to develop new understandings of how I relate to those subjects. Mm-hmm. Even though she is not at all what I would call a hostile god. Right. So, you, like. Challenge and hostile are different things, Mm -hmm. I think. But both can feel uncomfortable. Yes. And I think we have to get more... We have to get more comfortable as pagans dealing with discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sometimes our religion is not going to be pretty. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be nice. Mm -hmm. And we have to grapple with that, Mm -hmm. I think. I agree. Thanks to our Tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith ATC, Aquarian Tabernacle Church, organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative, with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property, which would allow them to expand their current network of resources, including dedicated community space, a permanent home for a Pagans in Need pantry, and a lending library. Join them online or in person for regular events, including rituals and discussion groups, at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash weaversatc. Hail Dictinus! Rhiannon says, I'd say the newest version that I've seen of that concept, one that I've been slightly pulled toward, is working more directly with Eris. She is the definition of discord and chaos and wants things to be kind of fucked up for you and not really all that great. And I work with Taike, Fortune, the will for everything to be good in your life. But they're two sides of the same coin, the wheel of fate itself. Eris isn't exactly evil in the way we often see her as in the stories. She'll toss in that golden apple to make everyone around you fight, but at the end of the day, a lesson was learned by all involved. And I'm starting to accept that the shitty time should be honored just as much as the good ones. And then Elle says, sometimes things gotta suck so the story can move along. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's no story without conflict, right? Yeah. And there's no growth without conflict. Exactly. We don't like to hear that. Yeah. You know, we like to think that everything is going to just move smoothly all the time. It'll just be prosperity and abundance. Prosperity (laughs) and abundance. And yes, we do work toward those things. Exactly. But you got to fight your way through the mud. Yeah, sometimes you got to get down in the dirt. In the dirt to get to the other side Mm -hmm. where, you know, you have what it is you've been searching for or or working toward. Yeah. And that work isn't going to be fun. No. That's just, that's... That's just it, you know. That's just what work is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's difficult, tedious shit. Dwyer says, you mean life isn't riding a unicorn through the lollipop forest under the cotton candy clouds? I wish it was. (laughs) If I only. wish it was, Dwyer, if only. <laughs> but no, usually uh, it's an old nag. Yes. <laughs> through a dark and dangerous wood full of wolves uh, mm-hmm. under a thunderstorm. <laughs> Where somebody is throwing shit at you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or you just, you got people in the, bandits in the woods hucking arrows at you. Yep, yep. Rana Gray says, you don't have wheat to harvest if you ain't out there tilling and caring for the fields all year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And often that is going to be... At best, dreary and sometimes dangerous work. Mm-hmm. 
But something else I wanted to talk about with this is sometimes it's not that the nature of the god is hostile or that they have uh, a specific aim which is counter to, to your benefit mm-hmm. or something like that. Sometimes your relationship with a god goes sour. Mm-hmm. Um, with a god or a spirit, this a is spirit. another thing that can yep. definitely happen with spirits you work with. For one thing or another, either you know you failed to uphold your end of an oath or a promise, mm-hmm. or uh, they couldn't accomplish something that you wanted and you got snappy with them, mm-hmm. or I mean there are any number of ways that this you you neglected them too long, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't make offerings for a year, yeah, you know like one 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 thing too many happened, yeah, and what had been a mutually beneficial relationship with a deity or a spirit goes wrong somehow. Mm-hmm. And that relationship needs to be severed. Yes. So Gwyn has a bit of a story about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. When I first started out in paganism, God, 20 years ago now, over 20 uh, yeah. years. It was over 20 <laughs> years ago now. The first deities that I worked with were Brigid and Artemis. And both of those deities came to me in visions they guided me. They sort of shepherded you on the shepherded path. Shepherded me. Shepherded me on the path. Uh, I had a very close relationship with both of them, especially Artemis, huh. to the point where I had very vivid experiences through visionary dreams and that kind astral of astral travel, astral and... travel, things like that. But then, as our friend Elliot has coined the phrase, mm-hmm. I had a Christian retrograde. Mm-hmm. And um, I stopped working with my deities, and I stopped being a witch, mm-hmm. and because of fear, mm-hmm. let's let's face it, it was out of fear, and I renounced myself as being a witch, and I went back to being a Christian. Mm-hmm. One night, I woke up, and Artemis was in my room, and she was pissed, <laughs> and there was no question as to who it was, and no, I was not asleep. <laughs> you, you woke up. <laughs> I woke up. I was fully and completely awake. And she was in my room. I could, I could, in my mind's eye, mm-hmm. see her. And she was fuming mad mm-hmm. because I had broken an oath with her. Mm-hmm. Because I was one of her priestesses. Mm-hmm. And I turned my back on her. Yeah. And without renounced, a, renounced, renounced her. Renounced her without a by your leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't like formally break your vows no. to her. Mm-mm. You didn't inform or ask her in any way. You just flipped. Flipped. <laughs> I just flipped, you know, back to being a Christian, renouncing everything I'd done, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she was rightfully furious mm-hmm. with me. And as we've covered in several of our storytelling episodes, you do not want to make Artemis mm. angry with you. <laughs> no, you don't. And I stood my ground basically and said, <laughs> I know you're angry, but I decided to go back there. Uh-huh. I went back to the other god. I went back to the other god. I'm not working with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And she did leave, mm-hmm. but she let me know she was pissed mm-hmm. in no uncertain terms. And so it's interesting when I... Elle says, the Christian God fucking up yet another relationship. <laughs> right? So when I did finally acknowledge my true self, which mm-hmm. is as a witch, mm-hmm. I was not following any deities. Yeah, there was a while there where you were non-theistic. I was non-theistic. I didn't even work with a deity. Mm-hmm. I acknowledged and, and honored Brigid. Because she and I never really broke faith. <laughs> right. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. Maybe because she also has that saint aspect. She yeah. was okay with it. She, yeah, possibly. Was just in the periphery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, for a couple of years, mm-hmm. I was completely non-theistic. I very much considered myself a secular witch. 
and uh, in all of the things that I did. And then I forget what the reason was, but at some point, Artemis came to me. She was offering to allow me to work with her again. Mm -hmm. And so I very gingerly (laughs) said, well, I'm sorry for what happened before. I don't know that I really want to work with you again now mm-hmm. because I'm not working with any deities. Right. And she respected that. Mm-hmm. And we still are not close. Even, like, even now that even Gwen now, works with deities. Even now that I work with deities and I have, uh, I did finally get uh, an icon of her mm-hmm. and I do honor her on the full moon, give her offerings. She and I do not have that connection yeah. that we had in the past, which is it's sad. Yeah. And I, I don't know that she would want that that bond that I had with her before. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I would want it either. It's just... Yeah, I think because I think you you used the right phrase earlier. You broke faith. I broke faith with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there there is a a loss of trust, I think. Yeah, I I think so. And so I I respect her. I honor her. But I don't really... We don't have that relationship. Mm -hmm. Understandably so. Yeah. Because sometimes you just can't get back what you had. Yeah. Yeah, once it's once, once you've broken the relationship exactly. once. And and it was honestly it was amazing to me that she even offered right. to to work with me again. Yeah. And especially when I said no thank you. Right, the second time. The second time. <laughs> said sorry, I'm not working with anybody. You know. She, she gave you some grace and you said no. <laughs> I said, nah. <laughs> but yet, if I were to call upon her, you think she'd show up? I think she would show up, yeah. Just not in the same way as in the past. Yeah. You're not a priestess of Artemis I'm not anymore. a priestess of Artemis anymore. Yeah. That wasn't a permanently soured relationship mm-hmm. in that you you now have a, a new connection with Artemis. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely, I guess, downgraded. Like- oh, much so. <laughs> Yeah, I would, I don't even know, I don't know that I would want to attempt to rebuild that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that she would want. Right, that she would be willing. That she would be willing. Like I said, I don't even understand or know why. Actually, if I remember correctly, Lucifer had approached me. Yeah, I actually remember this incident. We were doing some divinations and you were being approached by what you could only identify at the time as a male deity, Mm -hmm. but who we determined through some further divination was probably Lucifer reaching out to you as an Mm ex-Christian. And you were very hostile to that idea. Yeah, at the time. At the time. Um, And what we... What what ended up happening was that there was a being shielding you from mm-hmm. Lucifer, and it turned out and to it be turned Artemis. out to be Artemis who was standing in the way and telling him to fuck off, basically. Yeah, basically. So you know, it's uh, it's it's an interesting. I've had an interesting journey with mm-hmm. Artemis. Yeah, <laughs> and like I said, a lot of it is it, it. Well, no, all of it is my own doing. Right, and that's the thing that you have to sometimes understand. And accept mm-hmm. when a relationship goes south yeah. with a deity, accept your responsibility yeah. in that breakage. Yeah. In that breakup. And that can be that's it's hard. That's probably the hardest part that's is acknowledging that like you fucked it up. That's why, you know, like I said, it's still I had forgotten briefly you know, all the that, details. All the yeah. details, but I because I was like, why did she come back? Yeah, that was know? why. And so inexplicably mm-hmm. she just she, chose she to... chose to protect me yeah and to offer to extend the opportunity mm-hmm. to work with her again and again i said no yeah so very interesting i have not personally had a relationship sour like that most of my relationships with with spirits that have fallen off have just sort of faded naturally as we've lost interest in each other <laughs> <laughs> like a 
Like I had a lot of encounters with the the stag spirit Kedtha a few years back. We had a final interaction where we sort of resolved all our outstanding business with each other and then just I, I haven't seen him since. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read what Rhiannon says mm-hmm. here. I don't have a soured relationship with Artemis, but I do find it a bit ironic that Artemis is the only deity I have tried to develop a relationship with, who has basically told me, I don't hate you, but fuck off. Mm -hmm. Though I think it's more because while we've got similar vibes in some areas, I'm still overall her brother's kid, (laughs) and she's just not interested in playing auntie. Mm -hmm. Dwyer says, Minerva and I are still on good terms, but I've gotten the it's time to move out of the basement kid vibe from her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do have a a few deities from whom I have gotten basically the the distant head shake. Reached out to Odin like you do every time you're a beginning heathen because he's the, the big boss. And basically all I got from him was the impression of like turning to look at me with his one good eye and then turning away. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> work, work with Loki, kid. I don't care. <laughs> and that may change someday. It's impossible really to know. But for now, Odin's not interested in me and I'm busy enough with the gods I've got. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, so there have definitely been some occasions where yeah I've gotten the the casual glance and brush off from a deity. <laughs> right. I feel like I get that from Thor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because we do have a, a statue of Thor. Yep. And but even before we got that, I have honored Thor when I've seen the thunderstorms, the thunderstorms yeah. and things like that. It's not a it's not an all the time thing. Mm-hmm. It's a oh hey hi Thor. Mm-hmm. Thank you for you know for the rain for the rain. Kind of thing, but he's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You're just you're just not on his radar. Yeah, just not on his radar. Yeah, and sometimes that'll be the case. You're just they're, they're just not interested in you. Yeah. It's like okay, um, fine. I, I'll say hi because your kid is in you know it, right working with Loki. <laughs> with my weird uncle. With my weird uncle. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes that'll be the case. There's just disinterest. Yeah. That'll, I think, happen more often than it doesn't. You can usually still work with those deities. You know, you can still call on them for one thing or another. You're just not going to have a devotional relationship right. with them. Like, I, st- I still will work with and call on Odin, like, if I'm doing rune readings or something like that, where he's heavily indicated. Mm-hmm. And he'll usually at least show up just enough for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, I don't have a, a strong devotional connection to Odin because he's just not interested in one. And you can't really force that sort of thing. I will say it's usually it's usually acceptable to make offerings to any kind of deity. Even if they don't have a close relationship with you, hardly anyone's going to turn down an offering. But to get back into hostile gods, sometimes those offerings are like they're going to want something you don't want to give. Yeah. And so that's something to be conscious of. Mm-hmm. There are like we, we talk a lot about how most of the time an offering can be very simple or very cheap in, in monetary terms. Like like water is yeah. a good is a good water offering. Water is a great offering. Um, but sometimes you're going to get a god or especially in my experience, a spirit who is really picky. Very picky. I haven't had my gods be too picky about offerings. They'll take pretty much anything I give them, even if they have preferences. Same. But I've had spirits, especially for whatever reason, house spirits are really picky mm-hmm. about the kinds of offerings they want. Oh, that's... And they will let you know. They will. And that's the other thing we wanted to talk yes, about. Yes, that's right. As an animist, uh, obviously, I believe that places have mm-hmm. their own spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about house spirits a lot on this podcast because mm-hmm. they're a, a important spirit that most people, I think, should be dealing with. But there's also... Uh, land spirits, Lansfatir, who are the spirits attached to a particular uh, land. Usually that land isn't demarcated by the same sort of boundaries that humans Mm. demarcate the land by. So like it might be your yard and your neighbor's yard Mm -hmm. and across the street a bit or whatever. (laughs) But, but, uh, you know, whatever the land spirit thinks the boundary is. 
but usually there'll be different spirits for different parcels of mm-hmm. land according mm-hmm. to whatever they've decided amongst themselves and sometimes those spirits have strong opinions very strong and opinions. sometimes those opinions are they don't like you yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter are, doesn't matter what you what offer, you offer what your intentions are they don't care they don't care they and, don't want you there. and i find this is especially true with um, land spirits in developed areas have very hostile opinions of human beings. Mm-hmm. Not always. So, like, you know, like sometimes the spirit of a park that's been well maintained mm-hmm. and that has a, cer- a certain amount of natural greenery and, and stuff like that will mm-hmm. still be like, okay, humans, I'll accept your presence here. Mm-hmm. But like, there are some land spirits along roadways, mm-hmm. um, in polluted rivers, in areas that are too close to uh, too much human habitation or especially to too much human industry, mm-hmm. get very hostile to mm-hmm. human intervention. Mm-hmm. And just sometimes you sometimes you can win them over with dedicated effort. Sometimes you cannot. I'm trying to remember. It might have been I was reading an account by Sylvan, Silver Ravenwolf where she was working with a couple who had purchased uh, a parcel of land with a house and everything. Mm -hmm. There was a very hostile spirit, a land spirit, in the back part of their property. Mm -hmm. And she attempted to appease it. She gave them advice Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And eventually, she told them to sell the property. Yeah. Sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Yeah. Sometimes the spirit is just not going to warm to you yeah. no matter what you do. Sometimes there's no amount of offerings yeah. or. And it was the kind of spirit that was making life difficult. difficult. Yeah. Uh, and land spirits and house spirits can do that because yeah. they are intimately tied to the environment. Exactly. So they can make shit hard. Yes. Yeah, so it's not always a haunting. No. So, Sometimes in fact, it's I think the inherent land spirit of, or, or the or house, house spirit. spirit. They just don't want people. Yeah, I think, frankly, I think a lot of supposedly poltergeist activity Mm -hmm. is actually angry house spirits. I would agree with that. I think that's in Mm -hmm. a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Um, But house spirits aren't as well known as ghosts and poltergeists. Yeah. So that ends up being the impression that's left. But I think a a lot of the time, especially if you get things like doors opening or Mm -hmm. refusing to open, Mm -hmm. things like that, cold spots, stuff like that. I think a lot of that is actually house spirits trying to express their displeasure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just cannot appease them. No. And sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can mend that relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes they're angry just because they've been ignored for so long because Mm -hmm. so few people understand house spirits and are willing to to make them offerings and work with them. We got so lucky with the previous house that we lived. In, in that it had been it so, had been so ma- abused oh, so abused the land the the house mm-hmm. had been so badly so mistreated and mistreated but as soon as we walked on that property mm-hmm. we felt welcomed yeah by the land spirits and when we walked into the house we felt welcomed Just this deep sense of this relief deep sense of relief by this spirit mm-hmm. of the house this house spirit and we were like both of us, we were like, we promised to treat you well. Yeah. And we did. And I think part of the reason the house was so relieved when we walked in was that we acknowledged the spirit of yeah, the house for a start. That was the first thing we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were walking around the house talking about improvements we would make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talking about how we would fix things that mm-hmm. had been broken. And that's the kind of thing a house spirit cares about. Walked around clean, you know, said, mm-hmm. you know, I spent months cleaning, cleaning up the up land. That, yeah. If they're willing to be courted. If they're willing to be courted and they understand that, first of all, you acknowledge their presence. Mm-hmm. And then second, you are willing to do the work. Yeah. And it usually is going to be like, it's not just going to be offerings. It's going to be hard, tedious work cleaning or restoring or 
reversing the damage that mm-hmm. human hands have done. But in the reverse, as Dwyer mentioned, Yes, making changes can also have the opposite effect, really pissing them off. Mm-hmm. You really do need to consult with the spirit to find out what it wants, what exactly. it's angry about. Exactly. What is going on? Mm-hmm. What can you do to mend? If anything. If anything. Like, for instance, I've, I've talked about this before, yes. too. We had what essentially was a fairy ring mm-hmm. in the center of that yard. Yeah, just a um, circular patch of grass that just, grew different. And it grew different from everything around it. It had wildflowers, mm-hmm. and it was gorgeous. It was greener than it the rest. It was greener than the rest. Little birds and butterflies mm-hmm. would come and land on yep. all that stuff in there. And so I refused to let my... To let it be mowed. To let it be mowed. Yeah. At all for that entire spring and summer. Yeah. So that patch, just, the fall, that patch just grew up wild. It grew wild. It uh, was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then finally in the fall, I was persuaded Mm -hmm. to let them mow it yep and it never came back again nope that spirit just moved on just moved on it didn't express any displeasure to us but it just left it just left and it because and i waited i waited to see if that patch would would grow the way it had Mm -hmm. so you got to watch out for that too yeah yeah sometimes it's better to just leave something be Mm mm-hmm Finn says the house spirits in our current house are finally revealing themselves. They have been so mistreated and forgotten that they were reluctant to be seen. Progress is slow, but we are getting there. Yeah, mm. that's also okay. Sometimes houses basically fall asleep because the spirit has been ignored for so long. Yeah. Um, especially houses that have been empty for a long time yeah. Yeah. will fall asleep and have to be sort of woken back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can definitely happen. Or yeah, sometimes they're um, effectively afraid, especially just afraid of human beings because we tend to mistreat the things around us and we don't Mm -hmm. acknowledge their spirits Mm -hmm. we don't acknowledge them as having uh inherent value of their own yeah i think we have touched on everything yeah i think we i think we've yeah we've um addressed all the topics we wanted to and i just encourage you to really examine one the mythology of the deities that you work with and and recognize the fact that when there's uncomfortable parts of their story Mm -hmm. it's just all part of the being. Of the being. I think that the other thing I would recommend when you are dealing with, uh, especially ancient mythology that mm. has a lot of elements we consider problematic. Yes. Do some research into the context, the historical context yeah. in which those stories were written. Understand what those behaviors would have meant at the time compared mm-hmm. to what they mean now. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that will reveal something unexpected mm-hmm. about the the relationship between this God and this behavior, mm-hmm. you can you can certainly still condemn the, the behavior from mm-hmm. a modern perspective, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily useful to do that unless you understand the ancient context in which it was happening. Mm-hmm. Like Hades and Persephone is one of the big ones yeah. that we see sort of rewritten in yes. the modern day to be much more consensual than it was. Yeah. But in the ancient context, bride kidnapping was just a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Hades got permission from Zeus, her father, to kidnap Persephone. Mm-hmm. That was how, that was, that was a an understood part of the ancient culture at the time. Uh-huh. So there are, there are different things happening in that story in an ancient context than there are in a modern context. Yes. And you can condemn the, the behavior from a modern perspective, but only if you understand the ancient context in which it was taking place, I think. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because otherwise you have a you have a modern misunderstanding of that story and of those gods. Mm-hmm. My usual, like, here's some academia homework for you. Yeah. And I think uh, the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to work with deities. If you feel that they are 
if you are feeling drawn right. to a deity that is considered dark or hostile. Or who has a bad rap. Or who has a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Or who did something who that you find something. reprehensible. Now, if you truly don't feel comfortable and don't want right. to pursue this relationship, to. then don't. But I would also say, don't be completely unwilling yeah. to learn, at least learn. Be willing to push yourself a little be bit beyond your, yourself. Your beyond your comfort, comfort zone. zone. Yeah. And to see what it would be like to at least work with mm-hmm. this deity. What would be the benefit? Right. And what, what would could, be the consequence? What would be the consequence? Yeah. And then the other thing I would say is never overpromise no. to a deity. Because that's how you can end up with a lot of relationships souring. Exactly. Is when you make oaths and promises that you are not able to keep. Or not ready. Yeah. To keep. That you are not prepared for. Which I think is what happened with me and Artemis. Mm-hmm. I was still in a very wishy-washy phase. A lot yeah. of Christian guilt that I had not dealt not, with. Yeah, had not properly I had addressed. Not properly addressed, which is why I end up ended up going back to a religion that just no longer was good for me. Yeah, that was that was not serving you, that and that you were not serving. I was not serving, and denied my true self. Mm-hmm. Make sure you are ready mm-hmm. to make those oaths. Yeah, and promises. Yeah, I will say I have made no formal oaths. To any of my gods. Because I recognize that I am not in the right place to make oaths. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like I am yeah. 33 years old and not enough of an adult for that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that's an important thing to learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can be, it's, I think there's um there's an emphasis on oaths sometimes in paganism. On like being oathed to a god. Um, making oaths of, of service. Uh, I, I have made offerings of mm-hmm. service or offerings of of behaviors um but that's different than an oath yes <laughs> it's a different kind of a different level of obligation very very different so just be prepared be cautious uh-huh. and know yourself yeah know where you're at yeah because if you make an oath you are not prepared for and you default on it mm-hmm. there will be consequences there will be consequences and those consequences will be deserved mm-hmm Exactly. Uh, like, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Exactly. As unpleasant as that is to say and to hear. Working with deities and working with spirits is not a consequence-free no. interaction. No, it's not. And never will be. Yeah. So as much as I don't want people to be afraid of working with gods and spirits, and mm-hmm. I don't, I want you to, to feel empowered and to mm-hmm. work with gods and spirits because I think they can enrich your life. But you need to be conscious of the degree of powers with which you are working. Exactly. We're going to call that good? I call it good. All right. Then you can find us on Google or another search engine of your choice because Google has become effectively an advertising engine. If you search the number three and the words pagans and a cat or the number three and the letters P-A-A-C, you can also find us online at the number three pagansandacat.com where you can find links to all the things we do, including Gwyn's blog on Patheos Pagan mm-hmm. and our Patreon where you can help support us. You can mm-hmm. also support us on Ko-Fi at ko-fi.com slash the number three pagans and a cat. You can also find our services, which include tarot readings yes. by both myself and and ode Which and you can you can just uh, email us a request. just email us i'm gwyn at three pagans and a cat.com mm-hmm. and ode is ode at three pagans and a cat.com yep just email us with your inquiries and we can go from there all right I goodbye that's it bye <laughs> <laughs> you always have this belated goodbye <laughs>